Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. That's the second time it's gone off. Never got home, they never got home, they never got home, those, those boys. That's... Yeah, <laughs> they have asked for that, really. Well, you can laugh. I was the World Cup. I'm a little bit of an idealist. But having said that, I want to be like me. But you don't know what you're talking about. What did you know? I managed to stay alive for six and a half. I'd say it to your face, and I'll say it to you now. I'm down to Anfield, and we'll see them, won't we? What you doing down here, you Johnny man? It's been far too long since we had a good old English-born Irish international footballer gets head-turned by offer to play for England story, but we have one today to kick off our international coverage for the week. Tom Cannon, the Everton striker, has he's had a successful loan move at Preston North End. A little too successful by the sound of things. His eight goals in nine games on loan have grabbed the attention of the England under-21 manager Lee Carsley. The same Lee Carsley who donned the green jersey on 40 occasions over a, a decade-long career for the Republic of Ireland. Some worrying lines from Gavin Cominsky's article in the Irish Times from the Ireland training base in Turkey where Stephen Kenny is preparing his team for Friday night's crucial Euro qualifier against Greece. Welcome to Monday's Second Captain's Football Pod. Champions League final reaction on the way. Hey guys. Hey, Owen, how's it going? You've, uh, well, well, tell us more about this I know, Tom Cannon I don't know if character. you want to hear about it. So Tom Cannon has played competitively for our under-19s. He scored on his debut for the under-21s against Iceland in March. He may have been in contention for a role in Stephen Kenny's squad this week, but for suffering illness recently. It's better for me to be, it's better to be honest about these things, said the manager. Tom hasn't said anything to me about media reports. He had tonsillitis and it sort of made it difficult selecting him because he hadn't been doing training, he hadn't been doing programmes that we'd set. He has a good attitude and is a good lad, but I've spoken to his agent, Kenny Moyes, David Moyes' brother. His Moyes about to fall in our estimation. (sighs) when his brother went and said that, turned that young lad's head. <laughs> and he just said, this is, this is the agent just said, let's get this camp out of the way and we'll come and meet you and have a chat. <laughs> da, da, da. Sounds positive. <laughs> he said, obviously England under-21s have made an approach. Again, this is the agent speaking in the words of Stephen. And he just needed a bit of time to reflect and see what the situation was. Wanted to speak to me after the camp, sit down and have a conversation. There's also a line in Gavin's piece. Cannon recently deleted an Instagram picture celebrating his goal against Iceland in a green shirt. <laughs> 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 Although we, we can read a little bit too much into those in social media posts yeah. because if, I remember when we were doing a TV show and it was around the time Grealish was 
deciding yes. between the two his his two nations yep. that he was eligible to play for. It's always a joy to play for Ireland and put the green jersey on. And he had greeted an, an Ireland goal with a load of shamrock emojis, and mm. we made great hay out of that. Thinking, we did. does this mean Grillo is going to play for us? Alas, no. Cannon spoke to Irish Fan TV recently about the possibility of a call up to the senior squad. And obviously, you're with the 21s now, but Stephen Kenny, the, the first team manager, he's shown that you know if you perform really well, even at a young age, he is willing to put players in the team and kind of blood the young players. Is that something that gives you hope? And um, when you look at other lads like Evan Ferguson or Will Smallbone, who've moved from the 21s into the first team, yeah, it is. Yeah, of course. Um, obviously, you want to be playing the best football you can, and hopefully, if um, all I can do is just keep my head down, keep doing what I'm doing, and then. You know, if the chance comes for a senior call-up, call up, then obviously I'll be there. Yeah. Could be applied to a couple of different situations. What he said there. You yeah. Know. I just want to play at the highest level possible. <laughs> <laughs> the, best, the best football you can. Yeah. So There was also a question about player pathways for young Irish footballers. And then obviously there's a lot of players now, which is something you wouldn't have seen before in Irish football, moving abroad, like the likes of Festi. Um, James Abanqua and other players who've moved to Italy um, and then you've obviously got Jacob Bryan in Belgium what do you think of that as a kind of pathway rather than the usual playing the League of Ireland or playing in England and trying to move up the leagues yeah um, I think it's a good pathway to be fair obviously obviously I've spoken to Fe- Festi you know whilst he's been here you know about what you know how he's finding it and stuff and he's enjoying it so um, it's a good pathway and you only have to look at the likes of you know Jaden Sancho's and Jude Bellingham's going there and then showing what they can do to then hopefully, you know, obviously come back to the Premier League. <laughs> why, why, why do you laugh? I just like the frame of reference, you know. You're Jadens, you're Jude's. Mm. You know, you're the Adam Lookman's. The, co- the cogs are turning in his head. I could play with these guys yeah. very soon if yeah. all goes to plan. If you're not careful, Tom, you're going to lose us. <laughs> yeah. uh, he sounds relaxed. He sounds relaxed. Listen, if he gets it done early, there's no messing around. We can all forget about it. We just don't want another protratted. I am relaxed about it. I'm relaxed about it. I'm, yeah. I'm relaxed. You know, if, if Tom Cannon wants to play for England, I mean, he's scouts not English. It's a, it's a complex one. You yeah. know, he's in the in between. He's in the grey zone. Um, Yet to be granted full independence, Liverpool. Yeah. When it is, he will play for the Liverpool national team. Yeah. But will it be called Liverpool? He's an Evertonian, so he mightn't fancy that. Uh, the, the city is called there. Liverpool, and I mean, you yeah, know, you'd have to if, geographically speaking. They're probably, the Everton, they're probably on board like, with the yeah. name of the, yeah, the town. Is, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, it's it, this was you had to kind of maybe suspect something of this nature was in the works when he wasn't sort of called up. You know, the last time Stephen Kenny said, "Oh, there were some issues," it sounded a bit like I can kind of surmise what those issues probably are. You know, it doesn't surprise uh, me at all. Uh, Lee Carsley is looking for players. Um, you look at Grealish the other night. Would he be where he is if he'd stuck with Ireland? Would he be? Would he be part of the Man City's team now? Maybe, but I feel as though his performances for England, the kind of mania that surrounded him mm. when he kind of was was breaking into the England team and they were having that Euro 2020, uh, 2021 um, mm. campaign is a big reason why Man City made him their record signing. I don't signing. know if Pep Guardiola would sign a player based on mania. He's not the only player. He's not the only person who decides who to sign for <laughs> Man City. I mean, I you know, he could play for Ireland and be and be the same player. Obviously, he could have mm. the same qualities as, as a footballer, but I don't think um, 
there's much doubt that your profile in English football is, is much higher well, than England international. Very true. Yeah. Well, uh, there is another way of looking at it, uh, the Declan Rice uh, scenario. I mean, Declan may, uh, Rice, he may well get his move this summer, but certainly it's been said in the past that clubs have been put off by the huge premium that's placed on Declan Rice England superstar yeah. as opposed to Declan Rice uh, Irish international. Yeah, although... It's worth... 20 or 30 million extra and he might have got his move to a Champions League club two years ago if he had stuck with us. Yeah, well, Rice, I mean, is a different case. You know, I've always been more... Grealish, I, I, you know, uh, best of luck, Jack, you know. Both Both of these guys are English like you know in the sense that they were born there and grew up there and if you were to meet them walking down the street having no mm-hmm. idea who they are you would assume once they open their mouths oh this this person is from England mm-hmm. so you know this on that level it, it makes sense that they're playing for England uh Rice played for us three times though so I've always struggled a little bit yeah. that's always stuck in my car a little level, bit yeah, yeah. he is a phony right he is a he is a phony yeah. and we you know that's he's got to live with that you know but he he made his choice uh, I don't think being an England, England international has held back his career, though, in any sense. I mean, part of the the, the other aspect of oh, it, it'll be a hundred million, yeah, um, is the uh, certainly it's good news for the agent who's on a who's on a percentage of that, right? That's that yeah. may that may, may be, and was it even bad for him that he had to stay at West Ham long enough to win them uh, their first European trophy in in you know six nearly six fine? Years everybody abandons us in their career. No, no, everyone doesn't abandon us. I mean, Evan, Evan Ferguson uh, is you know has is sticking with us. You know, he's he said that he's on he's on the record. You know, he'll he'd have to go back on his word. So, hold on a second. Let's <laughs> just. just Stop talking about Evan Ferguson in this context. It's it, it's over for just so you're not allowed. There's well, like three ta- minutes. You know, you you have to uh, uh, wait for three minutes before you mention Jack Grealish, Declan Rice, Declan Rice. Three minutes, and then you can talk about Evan Ferguson, but not before. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm not. You know, I I never became attached to Tom Cannon, uh, so I, I feel no sense of loss. Uh, best of luck to you, Tom. It might, if he'd played three times for the senior team, friendlies and all, then it'd be different. Then I would feel a little put out by that. I know but, why you're so. I know why you're so philosophical about this, Ken, because you have noted the big performance over the weekend, the return to form of a veteran Irish goalador. Here's Everett back to Robbie Keane. It's Keane. Oh, it's a beauty! It's a beauty! <laughs> That was the first of his second half brace to lead the rest of the world to victory against England at Soccer Aid yesterday. He celebrated the first by running into the arms of DS Arnott from Line of Duty. (laughs) 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 The second goal he celebrated by himself. Do you know what he did? Uh, Uh, I I presume he didn't do the cartwheel. He did the cartwheel. Did he? How was it? How was it? Was it better than... He's still he's still tumbling, Murph. I don't know if he's gotten wow. back up at this yeah, point. But he yeah. did it all the same. Usain Bolt also among the scorers for the rest of the world in a convincing 4-2 victory. So good to see Robbie on form scoring goals and still celebrating. You know that I've never actually seen a soccer aid. Soccer aid? Mm-hmm. I've, soccer n- aid, I've yeah. never seen one. I mean, I've, obviously, obviously I've seen little clips, but I've never watched them. Well, you're missing Usain Bolt's skills. Am I? He's all right. Apparently, did he? Did he not play in Australia? Or he did tried, he try? yeah, and didn't work. Uh, out? No, you can look. You can look skillful in soccer. Right? You mightn't look quite as good when mm. set into the rigorous world I've of professional never, football. I've never, I've never seen it. Mo Farah gave the ball away for the 
decisive at the insurance goal yesterday and the, tra- the, the sight of Mo Farah tracking back and failing to catch up with the guy he's giving the ball away to it's <laughs> actually pretty funny coverage of Ireland's game in Greece available during the week for World Service members including a special late night Friday night show with Richie Sadler in studio after the game and Ken of course in Athens it is in Athens isn't it? It's in Athens, though. Very good. Secondcaptains.com, five euros plus fat. Bloody well Check it those flights, Ken. <laughs> Secondcaptains.com, five euros a month. Ah, Greece fat. isn't that big of a country. Come on, you get it. Forget about Greece, Ken. How is Istanbul? Istanbul. Um, what a wonderful, a wonderful city uh, with a transport network that doesn't quite match up. Uh, to the scale of the town. I'll tell you what they do. One thing they do very well in Turkey own is high intensity housing. They've high density, high density housing. They have got a lot of high density housing, but then they've got they're, they're all serviced by this sort of capillary road network. So I really don't know what happens once you're in your apartment. I mean, you, maybe you just walk the ten kilometers to town. It's probably faster. I mean, when I left the stadium on Saturday night. Uh, on Sunday morning, rather, it was about um, two. Uh, it was two thirty or so. Um, <laughs> I, I, because I was on a really early flight out, it was kind of the only way that it could work. Was yeah. I would have had to stay there otherwise into today. So I was on a like a uh, seven thirty a.m. flight out of Istanbul Airport. There was not really any realistic prospect of getting back. There was no point in going back into town, yeah. sleeping for like 40 minutes, <laughs> getting up and going, you know, going not, not to getting the airport. Up the case like, might be. It's like an hour from town to the airport is nearly an hour. So uh, I just went from the stadium to the airport in order to do this. We are going to talk about the football, don't worry. It's not just all about my... Although remember Martin Amos, I was saying Martin Amos recently when he went to the, the other treble. The one in wow. 1999. His piece about it was just all about the travel. <laughs> like we have actual, got a bit of that the with game Jonathan and Miguel as well. Um, but uh, I walked from the stadium for three kilometers north uh, to meet the car that was going to pick me up, who was sharing his live location with me. He was like, there's no point. It will be very good if you come this way, yeah. uh, as it will take me a long time to get there. And so from the three kilometers I walked from the stadium up uh, north along this road was a continuous traffic jam all the way. Uh, it was awe-inspiring <laughs> it was awe-inspiring and I was walking and every like every second car you'd hear a shout taxi taxi and I'm like what are you, where are you going like, this, this, this. I'm the one that's moving yeah I, I, I mean, should be offering you a lift <laughs> the, there were people there were people with like uh, barbecues set up on the side of the road grilling like meat on a stick oh, really yeah selling <laughs> cars there was, there was guys with buckets going up and uh, down ice buckets with water and beer selling them to the cars a post-match Honestly, tailgate party it, like is the Champions League going to be held in Thurless next year it was like a. it was almost it was more like a settlement than a than a transport yeah, yeah, yeah. gridlock <laughs> yeah. it was like this is a, a permanent settlement here um, it was it was incredible I've honestly never seen uh, the like uh, in traffic terms and kind of like you need this road to be a little bit wider if you're going to have a stadium there <laughs> you know again I know that people's transport issues aren't that Interesting. No, it's okay. I mean, people want to hear your tales of woe from your travels, Ken. Although it appears in this case that you emerged victorious. You won Victoria. this round, Mr. Erdy. Well, by, you're by, the by one walking making, past. By the, making it home. And, well, by making it, by taking the very solid good advice. Good comms that, between you and your taxi driver. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Listen, it was good. We were, you know, we were using Google Translate to, to communicate. I was sending yeah. him like paragraphs in Turkish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it, as it as the sort of three kilometer walk continued, where you're like sending him city memes and stuff like that, mm. just to keep the mood light. No, I, I, there wasn't any need for that. You know. Have you ever been to Dublin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I just see then his daughter's moving away. No, I was. Uh, it was. It was good. I mean, I, I was staying in a, in a place just off Taksim Square. I was telling you this on Friday, of course. I mm-hmm. uh, they had sent me an email. Nice new mosque there, which is mm-hmm. yeah, large one. Yeah, just in case anyone was forgetting. Uh, well, it really counts. Um, they uh, they sent me an email just before I arrived. Uh, we have shuttle service, you know, blah, blah. So they're saying, here, you can do, we can pick you from the airport. Most importantly, we help you to get to appointment from hospitals for any surgery. Nose, surgery, hair and bear. I think that means beard. hair and beard. And eyebrow, <laughs> eyebrow transplant, etc. In addition to that, we have agreement with one of the best dental clinic with fair price for any kind of problems with your teeth. Feel free to, uh, for any request or question. There is like, I mean, the, the plastic surgery industry is you may uh, have heard is big deal in Turkey. I have heard mm-hmm. this. The airport is just full of uh, ads for, pla- you know, guys with amazing hair just sweeping it back and like, you know, Jürgen Klopp teeth. Electric blue teeth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, grinning madly. And uh, I actually saw on Istiklal, which is like this huge, like imagine um, Grafton Street, but it's been done by Albert Speer and it's like, it's a thousand times as big with uh, 10,000 times as many people on it. Yeah. Um, I saw a guy walking up there with like, uh, you know, honestly, he looked like he'd been, his, like an entire bloody scalp, like the whole top, the whole oh, sort of geez. top disc of his head yeah. was like, he'd obviously just been done, you know, just, just freshly done. He had bandages around the side, but the top of his head had, like, it looked like it'd been flayed. Yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was kind of thinking, do you not need the band? Maybe there was a gauze or something, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, then Maybe yeah. there was a, or a, or a plastic. Maybe, but you need to give the little sproutlings a bit of, a bit of space to sort of flourish, you know? Why are you uh, looking at me like this? I'm not, I'm not. I'm, sorry, I'm, it's just <laughs> are, like, are I often you look at you suggesting that I'm, I might be the person no, that I would benefit most from such a procedure? I think Is that maybe 10 years at? ago. No, he could do the Rob Holding. Oh, I, think you can, I think you can start from pretty much you scratch. You can start from you? scratch. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. Yeah. I always kind of thought that, like, well, I suppose from the point of view technology of technology like, has moved on, it's probably going to be a lot yeah. more expensive, maybe. In, yeah. 1800, oh, uh, 1800 uh, euros they'll do it for. No, but that oh, might that be, that that might be to use the hair you already have. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when you're struggling. Gotcha. See, that's that, that was the confusion. Well, I, I don't know. I, I haven't looked. Yeah. I have not looked. At, it sounds like I've looked into this. I have not looked into this. That ship has sailed. Oh, you can look. That doesn't mean that you're buying. Sorry, sir. Just browsing. Yeah, just browsing. Next uh, time Bode goes to Istanbul. Ah, sir, I know exactly where you're looking for. <laughs> I'm actually just here for a holiday. My but friend. if you had a price list, then maybe I'd take a look. Yeah, they're lo- looking greedily at your scalp. <laughs> <laughs> just dollar signs. Uh, but look, you know, it's it is it's a great city. You should get there, but I would I would encourage you to use the metro and not the um, not the roads if you could avoid mm. the roads, please do. And don't go there if there's a Champions League final happening there. No, it's the big best to stay away. But uh, so, what about the the actual Champions League final? Own, I thought you'd never ask. Yeah, I mean, you haven't. Don't think I did. I was, um, I've talked more about soccer right so far than the Champions. League. I know. Now, um, it was Manchester City have have won the treble. Uh, uh, stark moment in football. Uh, the, the equaling the the greatest trophy haul managed by any English club. Although a few clubs have done. Trebles, they've all been regarded as great teams. Manchester City, this Man City team is certainly a great team. Uh, of that, there can be no doubt. Uh, they did not play well. It wasn't a good game <clears throat> from their point of view. It wasn't a, it wasn't a bad game to watch. Uh, you know, it, it was interesting because of the tension. 
and the and the stakes. Um, I think it would have been bad. It would have felt like a bad game to watch if these were two evenly matched super teams. Yeah. and you're thinking there's not not a, not enough going on here. But it was it was developing at the type of match that our colleague here on here predicted it might mm. it might be memorable for being a game that Inter Milan win w- without it being what you would call entertaining. Yeah, and and you know it was an Inter started very well, and I mean obviously their their approach was to was kind of containing and and countering. The thing was that City just didn't really seemed to have much direction. Their structure was a little bit weird. Guardiola had changed things. He hadn't he when I saw the team I thought, oh well he's he's just picked the, the obvious team. You know, everyone would, would pick the oh the the only the only slight kind of uh question was, is it a surprise Kyle Walker isn't playing? Ultimately, I didn't find it surprising that Walker, who remember had a had like a career highlight game against Vinicius Junior in the mm. in the semi, which was kind of the the signature performance of this Man City um Champions League win. You know, to to beat Real Madrid four 0 that's what will be remembered more than this more than than the final. Um it didn't surprise me that he leaves a player out who a few months ago he said he doesn't have the technical ability to play in the John admittedly the John Stones mm. role is maybe more complex, but <laughs> like harsh harsh on Kyle Walker who's been you know, some would say one of their best players throughout their entire period of success under Pep, but he was on the bench. Kanji was in, um, but he actually had changed things in terms of the positioning of the players. So De Bruyne, you know, the first few minutes you're looking, what, De Bruyne is like playing left wing back here. What is, what, what's that? What's the, what's the idea? Um, Stones was kind of playing off the right. Um, so rather than playing in the middle and sort of, you know, staying there, he was actually kind of going into a right back position when they didn't have the ball. So he had, he 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 couldn't resist the the opportunity to to get in get involved, you know, and and to come up with something a bit different. But it didn't really work, you know. In, at least in the sense of they there wasn't any fluidity. Um, they started making mistakes, you know. And there was one moment in 11, 11 minutes when Ederson booted the ball out of play, like terrible. You know, he's trying to play it to Ake, and he just. Shanks it out of play, and Guardiola immediately, who's Guardiola's right down in front of uh, where I was sitting, um, it's like, yeah, oh, you know, really kind of ostentatiously applauding this awful pass, <laughs> as though to say, it's okay, Eddie, that's, you know, I know what you're trying to do, and, and I will, I'm the kind of coach who always applauds a player doing the right thing, and I take responsibility for your mistake, and you can feel free to make that mistake again. Yeah. You know, Eddie, feel free to make that mistake again. Promptly makes another mistake, nearly concedes a goal at the far at the far post. Like, oh, loses the ball. <laughs> what, what's he doing? Rodri gave the ball away. A shocking, like, a, I mean, not shocking. It's like it's it's kind of normal, but it's really weird to see Rodri. Well, he it. said himself afterwards he played shit in the first half, oh. and I think he sees himself as the sort of player, just judging by his comments, as the one who has to set the tone. Because yeah. he said, "I had to reset things. I had to calm us down," uh, which he wasn't doing in the first half. It was it was like a uh, you know a diagonal pass forward that aimed for. Bernardo Silva uh, to the right that just gets cut out and leads to a counter-attack. You know, disaster from you know, from his point of view. These are small disasters, but these this Rodri is defined by this doesn't happen to him very often. Ederson then has another cock up where he plays it to I think it was Diaz who couldn't control it because he kind of lashed at him and and uh, and uh, this was another counter-attack and Pep's reaction this time. This is like 15 minutes after that. Go go Ederson is like relax. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's uh, uh, like Pep was is dancing around the whole time in this uh, technical area. You know, it, it's it was kind of a strange setup because there's so much space 
between the stand and the pitch at that stadium. And there's so much space. Like the t- it's the biggest technical area, I assume, in the world. Mm. Because the, the, it's insane. It looks ins- insane on TV. The, 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 the sort of dugouts or the, you know, the benches are set, it must be 20 metres back from, from the line. So, yeah. so Guardiola is like out by the, by the side of the pitch at the front of the technical area, but then he has to sort of walk back like miles back to his staff. And I was thinking, actually, it's probably good that he's not there frightening everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they can see what he's doing, but at least they, they probably can't hear him uh, going nuts there. Because, you know, his his kind of demeanor seems to reflect the unsettled, you know, you know, City, they, they, you know, we were talking before about their their style and the build-up now is to kind of almost wait for the opposition to do something before they do anything. Um, but what do you do when, when Jacko's just standing there? What do you, what, you know, no one is coming for me here. What do I, I'm, I, you know, they just ended up looking a bit sort of slow and uncertain and, oh, you know, this isn't really, we're not really rolling and we're not really performing and things are, things are going wrong for us. And Inter are obviously gaining confidence from this and Inter's fans are completely making all the noise, you know, because obviously the pressure is on City. Like they're... Every the, five minutes that there isn't a goal is a mini victory for Inter Milan. Every, 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 every minute they get closer to 90, they haven't let in a goal. Then it's like they're they're more likely to win the game, and that's what they know. So they're they're kind of gaining confidence, gaining confidence. Halftime, um, things after halftime, things just kind of keep getting worse for City. And then fifty five minutes, I think it was, uh, like there was a moment when Gundogan was smashed by I'm not sure which injured player it was. I thought it was um, Brozovic, maybe. It, 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 I thought it, he might have been concussed, actually, just but just by the nature of the... He just sort of sprinted into him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gundogan was, was being challenged, kind of turned, and he turned, as he turned, the interplayer hit him, and he went, he was down for a couple of minutes, and Guardiola, again, at this point, was over to the City fans, like, come on, come on, you know, give us more, and the City fans were kind of responding to that a little bit, because it was like, we need more, uh, we need more energy. I need more energy, guys. And What's he telling us to do? Does he want us to relax? Does he want us to turn <laughs> to read this man? Nobody do it! Sit down! Drink water and relax! <laughs> Drink water if you've been queuing for the last two and a half it's hours. It's going to take you two hours yeah. to get it, yeah. Sorry, I've, I mean, I've obviously left out the, the whole... The, the worst moment of the first half for City is De Bruyne getting injured. De Bruyne. And, I mean, this is like... So, so it's, at that point, you're like, things are really going wrong here. They, they've lost their... 38, 38 goal contributions this season. 38. Like, a phenomenal season. Mm-hmm. Um, of all the players, you know, to get injured, he's probably the one that's at the bottom of everyone's, every City fan's list. You want him to be on the pitch, and he's going off. So it's like, this is this is not our night. That's the kind of co- coalescing thought. And, I mean, okay, Foden's a pretty good substitute. You know, he's it's, it's useful to be able to bring a player like him I, I would also say particularly because... It, as people probably guessed, De Bruyne was struggling with a hamstring injury for the latter stages of the season. So I'd imagine it wasn't a great shock to anyone in the City team that he came off. No, prob- probably not. But it was, you know, it's unfortunate. It's, it's terrible that it keeps happening in the Champions No, I just mean in the sense of like, being ready for it. You know, it's a contingency that they, they could... Sometimes say, you can't plan for this stuff. Whereas actually you can plan for Kevin De Bruyne getting injured when he's he was his hamstring was apparently hanging by a thread for couple of months but now they were in this situation where they had three of their top um, five uh, I mean they started the game in this position as well um, but when De Bruyne was replaced by Foden it's, it's, it's still um, three of their top five contributors to goals goals and assists are, are sitting on the bench now De, De Bruyne injured Mares and Alvarez 
uh, are, are actually unused substitutes for the whole whole game. Um, Foden <clears throat> Foden is also in the top five. He obviously replaced uh, De Bruyne, but you know that's kind of a lot of like goal scoring, creative ability um, that's actually not involved in this game. Um, Lukaku comes on fifty five, and this was the moment when I was. I mean, because we'd been talking about Lukaku, you know, his mm. his his lovely interview with Thierry Henry, talking about his struggle back from the depths after what happened in the World Cup with Belgium. Your heartfelt uh, heartfelt apology for your coverage of him during. No, the- no, no. Again, you know, you were trying to make this point. <laughs> it's at the so time. easy to wind him up. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah, but I, I I feel I I bridle that injustice. And that is a, that is that, that particularly when it's inflicted upon you. What am I supposed eyes. to say? What what would you what would you have written if you were at Belgian Pressure? <laughs> Romelu Lukaku played well. Yeah, uh, he would Rom- be disappointed. The lad with yeah, some of his he'd finishing. be disappointed with some of his finishing. I'd be more concerned if he wasn't getting the chance. He's doing all the right things. He's getting all the right areas, and you know, football will come around for you, lad. Yeah, football always gives you another chance. And, yeah, and, and here, it did. here was his chance, the Champions True. League final. And the very first thing he does is win a header. And the whole place goes nuts. Well, the Inter, yeah, mm. go on. Like when, when Lukaku came on, Dzeko, like, um, it was a substitute, was it was a guy he was replacing. And there was a big hug between them at the, you know, as Dzeko was coming on. Oh, same on. with Inzaghi. Inzaghi was embracing Lukaku on, and beating man. him on his back. He's like whacking into the You can do you this, can do big it. man. Yeah, yeah. You can do it, big man. You know, they were all trying to psych him up, like, and which which kind of shows you that they feel he's a mm. little bit, he needs that. Yeah. Um, what he really needed was for Lautaro Martinez to square that ball to him, but that's the Lautaro there. Martinez. <laughs> I mean, like, this guy, like, what is his, like, what, what, you know, come on. The whole, the, the thing with Inter, they, the, the attack was a bit like, it was like something out of a Grimm's fairy tale or something, where you get three disparate characters, all of whom have, have a kind of a comical, mm. uh, exaggerated feature. One <laughs> it's is like very, the Wizard of Oz. One is very old. Inzaghi is... Uh... <laughs> one is very clumsy, and one is very stupid, <laughs> and that's Lautaro. Uh, <laughs> because, because then what happened was that, like, uh, Lukaku's on the pitch a couple of minutes, when Bernardo Silva in, is, is kind of in his, on the, uh, on the right turns and it's like, okay, there's no, nothing on here. I'm going to pass this back to Ederson. And pass it back. And Kanji knows the passes for Ederson, even though it's going past him. He knows because of the speed of the ball that that's where Bernardo wants it to go. But Ederson doesn't read it at all. Mm. And so effectively Kanji leaves it, but it's not, but Ederson doesn't move for it. And suddenly it's, suddenly Lataro is in. And this is, okay, here we have this is the moment, and you and you know that it is because if you look at Guardiola, he is now on his hands and knees. <clears throat> He's done his thing when he sees a, a dangerous counter attack against his team, and he thinks they're going to score. He falls to his knees and clutches his head usually, but on this occasion, he he was down on all fours. That was how bad he felt about this situation. But he didn't reckon with it being Lautaro Martinez, the Tin Man. No, the Tin Man. Uh, he's the scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the scarecrow. I, I suppose Jekko is the tin man and Lukaku is the, the, the Belgian lion. Um, and Lataro can just pass it to Lukaku or he can do something fake. You know, Ederson is there. Ederson's thinking, oh no, I've blown it. Mm. This, is, this, this is the worst moment of my career. I mean, I have seen strikers try and, you know, you hit it at the keeper. But the the implicit thing being you try and hit it between the keeper's legs. Yeah. So Lautaro Martinez aimed for 
Ederson's solar plexus and hit the target oh, perfectly, did, yeah, yeah. absolutely Nailed perfectly. Him. You'd have to say because there was actually there was a gap for him to put it through yeah, yeah. Uh, Ederson's legs. I mean that finish would at least. I mean, he had a chance of scoring. The way he kicked, he the way he approached that chance, there was literally no possibility of a goal there He defended whatsoever. it very well. He, he he tried, I guess the idea was, I'll give him the eyes and, and then I'll I'll stick it in the net in, in at the near post, but he didn't sell it. He didn't really know what he was doing. He just he just cancelled himself out. So that was that. That was that was the first big chance um of Inter wasted. And you can't you're not gonna get many of these. You have to um you have to put these away. Um the next one well the next one there wasn't a next one until Man City were already in the lead. So uh the really things had been going wrong for City continually, uh all game. I should I mean I should mention Stones at least was putting in an absolutely brilliant performance. I mean there was some some of the stuff Stones was doing was just what this is unbelievable. Like, you know, the dri- the dribbling, the sort of turning, um, the kind of the the confidence that he was showing, the 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 ability. I mean, uh, Jonathan Wilson was pointing out this. Messi is the last player to have as many successful dribbles in a in a Champions League final. Right. That was in 2015. Um, so that that's the kind of an index of what Stones that and how it's standing what Stones was doing. Well, so so there were some like decent performances, but there was a lot of details that were going wrong, and then suddenly something went right for them, sort of, or fell for them. Uh, which was well, I mean, it's a great move actually. Kanji to the ball through to um, Silva, and then the deflection is the key thing there. Um, a deflection, and and everyone like ch- shouts for handball. All the city fans were at that end. They're oh, handball because they think maybe it's hit the defender's arm, but actually the ball. We can all see this situation. Oh, the ball is rolling out here, and the only man who can get to it. Uh, the, there's only one guy who's going to get to this first, and that's Rodri. Absolutely certain of the, that this was going to be a goal and he just the authority that he shows um, boots it in part of me was relieved of a part, of, part of me was relieved that he scored and we were saved an interminable VAR conversation today <laughs> on the handball I don't yeah, give a yeah. shit whether it was or it yeah. wasn't I just don't, don't have want to have to talk about, about, about that again yeah, yeah. yeah. and they, so that was that was it I mean this only 22 minutes left you think okay they've, this is this is it I, it's hard to see Andrew scoring and then what happens they almost score so this was the DeMarco uh, Lukaku does actually manage to, although I think he was probably offside, right? So I don't know if this would have ultimately counted, but Lukaku managed to kind of, there's a ball in, He's Kanji is sort of oh, confused by Lukaku's presence, goes, oh, bounces over him. DeMarco kind of, one of those, there's very little pace on the ball, manages to loop it over the goalie, face of the crossbar, bounces out. DeMarco gets to it first again, header. This is actually, he gets a bit of pace on this header. Lukaku's standing in the way. Now, I think it was going to be offside anyway, but... I think Diaz was kind of in line with DeMarco. No, I don't, I don't, know, if, I don't know if Diaz, Diaz is going to stop it because he's sort of unbalanced. Uh, it's, it's coming at him from not far off. Listen, we'll get to how well uh, Diaz manages to clear uh, goal line pinball type situations in a few minutes. Well, he but. didn't clear it on the first way, uh, on, on the way towards the goal that he cleared it on as it had bounced back to him we'll get to that yeah we'll get actually that's the next thing that's the next big thing that happened yeah. isn't it let's get, let's get to that now <laughs> <laughs> I mean this is just this was a heartbreaking moment for for Big Rom you know what would you what you know what, I haven't heard your opinion about it what would you say? He'll be disappointed with what he's done there. <laughs> Here we go. Generic football yeah. writer. Well, the, the, the ball 
what's what's happened here is the ball's gone into the the mixer. Robin Gosens. Yeah. And his, his, he specialises at one thing above all, flying through the air uh, at the back post and putting balls back across the goal mm. in a variety of athletic ways. And he managed to do that yeah. this time. And you've got to give Lukaku a lot of credit. He's ghosted into a lovely position. Once again, he's yeah, found himself he's, in He's space. in the middle of the six-yard box. That's where you get your goals. Oh, was that, crazy. That's where you get your what goals. What was so frustrating about the finish was sometimes you can say, oh, he's, it's the wrong option. You know, he should be heading it back the way he came, or he should. In this case, he he probably should have done that, but he also could have just headed into the other corner. There was just there a, a the empty of, half of the goal. A couple of great, a couple of great ball, options there. The, the ball was so close to Ederson, but he still had to react quite well to. It, basically, what I'm saying is the area of the goal was so small that Ederson could have reacted to. Yeah. It was actually it was unbelievable that he managed to put it there. There was so much, so, there were so many other parts. I, yeah, of the I goal. thought on, on either side. I think I don't know what was oh. he trying to put it back across him or something. I, I don't know if he was thinking that much. I think it was no, just get on target. Was all get on target was but unfortunately, yeah. he put it right in the target area of the target where Ederson was standing. It bounced up, hit Ederson on the shin. Like people were saying, it was a great save. No, I mean it. It is a save in the sense that he has prevented what what appears to be a certain goal. I mean, Inter won the XG uh, on the night. Um, and that was a big part of the reason. I mean, the City yeah. missed that great chance with Foden as well. That was yeah, that would have been a great Champions League final that. goal. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, you've, you've, if you don't score that, like you're, it's devastating. Yeah, you're not going to win. It's, yeah, it's it's, ju- it's an unbelievable chance. So that was that. Um, uh, victory, treble, uh, Manchester City. Mohammed bin uh, Zayed MBZ, president of the of. United Arab Emirates, ruler of Abu Dhabi, also obviously Sheikh Mansour, uh, who uh, privately owns Manchester City uh, and was there attending his second ever Manchester City match. What was the other one? Manchester City 3, Liverpool 0 in August 2010. Oh, okay. Wow. So he met, he put in an appearance. But, uh, and as Tariq Panja I saw pointing out on Twitter, um, uh, congratulations, um, uh, we're coming in uh, from from other Emirati uh, magnates to uh, Mohammed bin Zayed, who doesn't own the club. <laughs> well done, Mohammed. You know it's great. Uh, uh, you know this is wonderful. A great day for all Emiratis. You know so uh, yeah, it was it was obviously it was a big moment uh, also in Abu Dhabi as, as well as in Manchester. Um, I mean, what more is there to say about this? We've got Miguel and and uh, we've got Miguel and Jonathan. Maybe we should uh, say that. So we should talk to them. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
The press they are garbage. garbage. And whoever gets their own FIFA going forward needs to be clean and people honest. Who, honest. Have to be. I feel uh, Qatari, Arab, African, gay, disabled, and migrant worker. We are now in this amazing place. Yeah. Clearly, Qatar has far more money than FIFA ever would, and they could bankrupt FIFA. Beautiful, isn't it? Lift goes down, 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 down to the lobby. Burst out through the doors like Shergar and smash straight into the fucking glass. And bounce backwards like off a trampoline. And I sort of lie there twitching. And the hotel produced the first aid kit. Tell him he's Henry Winter and send him back out there. I'm here to do a job. Of course, I'm not really a migrant worker. The winner is Qatar. Miguel and Jonathan join us from both are still in Istanbul, still celebrating the ascension of Manchester City to the top of European football. Hey, fellas. Hello. Morning, hey, Dave. Uh, so you're abiding impressions of that Champions League final. You first, Jonathan. It felt so inevitable from the start that City would win. And then they actually didn't play well at all. I don't know. So I was about to start sort of going into this tactically, but it's not about that, is it? It's about the ultimate triumph of, of this sports watching project. And and that I think is the sort of the the sadness of this season. That this this season we should be remembering it for two of the all time greats achieving great things. So we should be remembering it for Messi winning the World Cup and for Guardiola winning the treble and, and his third Champions League. His second treble, of but, course. His second treble, yes. Uh, but, but, and City winning the Champions League for the first time. But it's it's not really about that, is it? It's about it's about sports watching. It's the fact that Messi achieved his triumph while playing for a Qatar-backed club, while shilling for Saudi tourism in Doha. And Guardiola, who was an ambassador for Qatar, has, has achieved his triumph while working for an Abu Dhabi-backed club in in Erdogan's Turkey, you know, it's 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 everything now is 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 bound up in authoritarian regimes, and and, and that is, I just find it incredibly depressing that every time you start to talk about the football, and you talk, start to talk about how how great somebody has been, this intrudes, and, and that's that's the shadow over everything. I have heard the word inevitable used a lot in the last couple of weeks, Jonathan, but people weren't saying it was inevitable this time last year. I mean, Man City have found a way to stumble every other time and almost found a way this time without, because they did, did not play well in this final. And yet they did get there. So in footballing terms, is Pep Guardiola and his, his bunch of uh, extremely gifted players not worthy of some praise? I think that they are. They've, I mean, they've been exceptional. They've been the best team in the world for, for some time, I'd say, and, I, and particularly the way they played. Um, I mean, yeah, since that defeat against Tottenham on February the 5th, they've been behind for, what's that, is it 40, 47 minutes in total in all competitions, or 46 minutes? Um, yeah, since since they worked out that by moving stones in the midfield, that gained them the capacity to, to dominate possession in a way that they, they were struggling to do because of Holland not dropping deep. They, they've been unstoppable. It produced brilliant football. That, that that first half against Real Madrid in the second leg of the semi-final is some of the best football we've ever seen. Uh, and that, that's the tragedy of this. It's so hard to enjoy that. What about yourself, Miguel? What are you thinking this Monday morning? Yeah, all quite similar as regards the context of the game. Uh, one thing that should be mentioned, I mean, I, the match itself was better than I expected, given all that. And as regards, I suppose, praise for the players and the manager. I mean, this is sort. This is the thing, isn't it? They're all brilliant, but it's because they're brilliant that, that they're at the club. This is this is a, this is a project that's been able to make a virtue out of best in class, as the phrase has been constantly used. Because they, I mean, th- there's no risk to anything they do. There's no financial risk, and all of this, of course, has happened in a world where 
financial fair play has actually constrained them. Well, imagine what what would be happening if there was no financial fair play. I do think it was inevitable. Uh, it, I mean, really, City should have won the Champions League, I'd say, 2018, 2019, 2021, definitely, obviously, given how close they were. Uh, 2022, probably, uh, given those two missed chances. I, I know, but because of that, Miguel, because of all those, that we, there, I would have thought there's a lot of psychological scarring there. And I think for an hour of yesterday's game, people were, were maybe thinking that, that was still there. That was present. Well, so that's that, that's that, my that's point. I mean, about it. nothing's really inevitable until uh, I guess until it finally gets done. But, but it, it it was more though. It was a very. I mean, there's it was basically in the pure force of numbers. It was going to happen eventually. When you when you invest that much, you will overcome. You'll get the right run one year. Now this year, of course, it wasn't really. They got the right run. You, you could say they got the right final because Inter got the right run. Uh, they cleaned out the biggest the biggest themes, you know. I mean, you know, if in any given year, if you knew nothing about the quality of the teams, and you heard that a team had to play Real Madrid and Bayern Munich and Real Madrid in successive knockout games, you think, well, okay, that's a that's a tough draw. Yeah, yeah, and they just, I mean, with, the, with getting that far, I mean, it, we, I suppose with Guardiola at City, it's been about gradually getting over. Um, different barrier each time and initially remember he hadn't even got to the semi-finals they should have done that in 2018 and 2019 and of course in 2020 shouldn't have lost to Leon in the way they did hmm. uh, but yeah I mean some of those came down to knife edge moments as well it shouldn't be forgotten uh, and there was always going to be a flip side to that too but I mean the one thing that should be stressed in all of this as well and it is connected to what we're talking about in terms of suppose the politicization of sport is my overriding mem- memory, I think, of the occasion is going to be how chaotic it was, how bad it was, and the big questions about why the Ataturk was chosen. Uh, and, and, of course, that, again, in the in the context of everything we're saying, is because Erdogan obviously wanted this uh, prize exhibition for his government. Well, t- tell us a bit more about that, because the, the stadium, I think, it was 2020 that it was it was originally supposed to host, and obviously... Yeah, so it was initially picked in, in May 2018, and I've done a big piece today just on mostly the chaos of the day, hmm. uh, but but touching on some of the politics, and from speaking to some, from some of the people who were, um, who were involved in some of the preparation, they did flag concerns. Uh, some of those were actually more about the policing rather than the logistics, uh, which they thought would go smoothly, but then there was a realization gradually that if you're going to bus at least twenty thousand people to uh, to a game, you needed a lot more personnel uh, than than were available here. But then, of course, I mean, as as we saw from six hours before the final started, this I mean, there was already complete gridlock then at four o'clock for for ten p.m. kickoff. That stadium only has two access routes: one road. One metro station. They closed some of the metro stations because it was over. It was congested, uh, and it, it's, I mean, it's, it's amazing that wasn't seen. But then, of course, I mean, it's incredible that for what the Champions League final is probably the what biggest, most glamorous sporting occasion in the world, bar maybe the World Cup final. First, I mean, one basic: it shouldn't be that difficult to get to and from the stadium, where people are, have to walk along the motorway. Some of them in, in wheelchairs or or elderly fans. Secondly. From everything I've been told from inside the game itself, there were two-hour queues for water, for food. Mm. Uh, and as, as, as one fan put put to me during that, I mean, given so much of this is about, is about maximizing profit and how expensive like bottles of Pepsi were, I think one price was 10 euro. 10 it's euro. amazing they didn't have more, more stalls for that. But again, these, these are all basics that even go beyond, that, or that should be more obvious and shouldn't need the Paris review that, that UEFA will go on about. And... 
we're in a situation now where what UEFA have had three actually there's been issues around a series of major events now the the Rangers game in Sevilla last year against Eintracht Frankfurt obviously the Euro 2020 final although I think they will say that was down to the unique circumstances of post-COVID and that yeah. uh, two Champions League finals in a row and, and actually uh, the 2021 in Porto had some issues as well and it creates huge pressure for Wembley next year although really there should be repercussions beyond that because Saturday was was a joke yeah, I mean, what do you think about that, Jonathan? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you personally were were caught up in in any of this type of stuff, but UEFA do seem an utterly shambolic organization when it when it comes to actually organizing anything. You know, they're 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 kind of a joke. And Miguel said there, this is the um, most glamorous event. I mean, in his opinion, uh, after maybe the World Cup final. Um, do you do you uh, do you think that's accurate? Anymore? It should be the most glamorous. <laughs> it's not, is it? You know, yeah. glamour is not sort of schlepping for an hour along the hard shoulder. I mean, the thing is, when we say motorway, and that is technically true, but it's not sort of a you know an eight lane motorway. It's a dual carriageway. It's it's a dual well, and in some parts, it's not even dual carriageway. But but yeah, it's it, it's not a big road. The only thing I'd say is it it was better than two thousand and five. Two thousand and five was was even worse because there is now the metro. But yeah, these these problems. It's not just they should have been foreseeable. We saw them eighteen years ago, and nothing seems to have changed. I mean, I remember in, in two thousand and five being in the stadium and sort of this sense it it only just been finished. I don't actually know when it was built, but I had the feel it had just been finished. And got back this time, it's like ah oh, no, no, nothing's changed. There's still kind of yeah things just patched up. So, I mean, how anybody could look at that stadium and look at where it is. And and think it's it's adequate. Well, how can you not look um, at how can you not look at that road and the fact there's only like there's only sort of one road in and out, and and think about the capacity of the stadium, and the number of people that are going to get there, and just mathematically know that this is not going to work. You know, well, the things UEFA did know this because you know, they put out that statement saying please try and travel to the game nine hours before kickoff. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I, I know you all mock me for getting to games early because I'm always paranoid about things going wrong, but even I think nine hours is slightly excessive. I, I went seven and a quarter hours this time, but um, I, yeah, I, I got the Metro back, uh, I think it's probably, I don't know, 2.30 when I left, per se, maybe two o'clock in the morning. So yeah, the game kicked off at 10. And the, the Metro then was actually okay. Um, it, was, it was busy, but it wasn't sort of, dangerously busy uh, and what they've done but i don't know what they're doing earlier in the day but what they've done by that stage was they effectively shuttle services that i mean this is the other thing you know we talk about a metro line as if this is an easy thing to navigate but yeah i'm, I'm staying yeah. 15 minutes walk north of taxim square which is sort of you know the the, the main yeah i guess Trafalgar Montes, square. Have centers in the same way but it, it's yeah the trafalgar square equivalent it's it's the, the the big gathering point in the center of town um it, it was four different metros I'd take. It's three changes, uh, which again, when you've got thousands of people having all having to do that, those interchanges become horrific. Um, and I'm saying that as a you know somebody in his mid forties who's quite capable of walking distances and, and sort of walking up escalators and things. If you were an elderly person or if you were in a wheelchair, how are you meant to do that? I've no idea. But yeah, by, by by the time I was on the metro, they were they just weren't stopping at stops. So it's it's. Uh, 
they ran from the end of the yellow line to the end of the blue line. You didn't have to change. And then you changed it to the red line. It went from there to the end of the red line. No stops in between. This is what happens when you talk to English people. It always ends up coming back. It always, <laughs> it always ends up coming back to this conversation about subways. And, and, and Just that, I mean, on something bigger there, 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 is, there is a growing discussion to be had about how the Champions League final is now so big that can probably only take place in... A handful of cities around Europe, which 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 lead, could lead us into something that we we don't want, uh, which is the competition expanding outside uh, Europe. Given there's all sorts of talk about bringing it to America, and then I suppose eventually um, Middle East. But but this really yeah, has- America's a stalking horse for the Middle East. Come on, like yeah, yeah. They don't want to go in one one leap from sort of Madrid to Riyadh, but you know Madrid. To oh, although, although to part of that, I mean, because obviously bringing it to America has been discussed. Like it's it, it's in a lot of documents about kind of future um, marketing plans because whatever about the Middle East taking over the game, football does want to obviously take over America itself. This is America is the big expansion in terms of they want it to become and they're quite close to becoming currently the fourth biggest sport but really they want to go beyond that and they, and by 2026 there could be quite a strong possibility. But again, that's that's, that's another discussion. This, this really didn't have anything to do with that. It just <laughs> this stadium wasn't able for it. Jonathan, and, and yeah. the, the, sorry, the, the, the weird thing there is that you have, uh, on the one hand, this movement to make the try for some reason I don't know, which I don't understand why, but to make the Champions League final more like the Super Bowl, to increase all the sort of entertainment around the game, as if somehow football isn't strong enough to to, to sustain itself and sustain the interest. So you, you've got Nassau Khalifi and, and people going on about how you know we have to learn from the Super Bowl, and then on the other hand, they they can't do the basics of providing water for fans. They can't do the basics of providing toilets for fans. They can't do the basics of making it possible for fans to get from the city mm. to the stadium and back without it being sort of, you know, these epic four, five, six hour journeys costing $400 in cabs. How they can't see those two things don't marry up, how they can't see the getting the basics right is the precur- you know, is a necessary precursor to, to, to making it a bigger event. As, as I said, I don't know why you need to do that, but it, it's it's constantly talking about the 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 revenue generation and, and, and sort of drawing attention while utterly neglecting the reality on the ground. Miguel, when Pep Guardiola took over at Manchester City, I think there's a general consensus this this might last three seasons, maybe four. It's gone on a lot longer than that. And I read Jamie Jackson today talking about how, why would he want to leave? This could be, he could go another 10 years. He's still a relatively young manager compared to compared to some. This is, uh, <laughs> this is a rather scary prospect for anyone who maybe does not want to see Man City winning, you know, eight of the next 10 Champions Leagues. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, Rose is before the game, but I think it actually would have been more likely that he might leave had they lost uh, because he might have got it, like Guardiola being the sort of figure he is, he might have got it into his head that it's just not going to happen, and if it didn't happen this year, uh, well, actually, it, it could have just happened next year. <laughs> what, what we said a few minutes ago, but um, from what I've been told, the the his will now for a while, especially given he's so settled and fairly serene in Manchester, by the fact his family live in in Barcelona. Uh, that's something that comes across from everyone you speak to who knows Guardiola that just in comparison to the the obviously the oven that Barcelona was that's, that's the word of, of one of the the uh, Barca executives um, and then even Bayern carried pressure of its own given it's um, you know one of the giant clubs in that regard he hasn't found any of that at City it's just been so in fact in the, in the first few seasons of the club he kind of tried to provoke 
more of that, especially when he used to uh, talk about the atmosphere at the stadium and the response of the fans. But now what everyone says is he wants to he, he, he wants to make good on all of the discussion around himself. I mean, Guardiola, there's a massive ego there. It might be more internalised than Jose Mourinho, but that sort of ego is essential really to be a manager at that sort of level. They all have it to, to a certain degree. And Guardiola has it a lot. In fact, I think it's come out a bit more in some of his interviews. I think there's one today uh, where, he, where he discussed how it's similar to Messi winning the Champions League. Well, well Jonathan, Jonathan discussed that. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan made the the same connection in his in his first comments. Yeah. Right? It's not it's not that. Out but yeah, yeah. But 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 on that, he like Guardiola. Now he wants to go on and win four and five to beat Ancelotti and to have the record and kind of kind of crown himself as the greatest of all time to have that that claim there. And I mean, he probably he'd want to retain it. But then, of course, I would say he already should have done that because really, I still think Barcelona should have won. Four in a row back 2008-12. And, and they were, again, denied by... The Volcano. Fighting, similar to those City runs or some of those City games in the last few years. Um, but they were good enough to. Yeah. Well, um, the, one of the, the interesting things uh, that... Well, one of the things I found interesting, uh, Jonathan, about what Guardiola was saying after the match, and just because he said it so many times, he said it in literally every interview, I think. He, he mentioned this line that he obviously... He said... You know, one of the reasons I'm so happy um, to win this is because maybe now we'll get credit for the five Premier Leagues we've won. What do you think he means by that? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, I, I guess we, we do sort of overlook the fact he's won five Premier Leagues because, again, do we? Yeah, they have largely felt inevitable. Um, yeah, I, I do wonder what happens to to, to sort of not so much coverage of City, but sort of the general public reaction to City as we go forward. That I, I, I don't know, I think partly because of COVID, maybe we there's almost been slightly, um, it's always been slightly disguised just how dominant they've been in the Premier League. But five out of six is is clearly enormously dominant. And, and, and to be honest, uh, right, and, and just on the point that you're making, and in the Champions League, because... Like the, the another way to say what Miguel was saying about they should have won this, they should have won that, is that they were clearly the best team in those years that they yeah. didn't win, and it was only just yeah. freak events. Like I mean, Guar- I, I, Guardiola that, blew up the team, and you know he he did a Martin O'Neill on it. He left left out all his. his yeah, Real, Real Madrid would have, would have something to say about that. They were they were two they were two goals ahead at the end of the second leg with only injury time to well, play. Not the and end. They, and they, not the end. Not not quite the end. But I think that that, that qualifies as a as a freak. That's a once in a generation like wow, you know, it, it'll be a while before even Real Madrid do something like that again in the, in the Champions League. So what I mean is they they kind of have it's not just the Premier League that they're dominating. It's the it's it's it, it could easily have been three in a row uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I I I the of sporting competition. Well, Jonathan, what was uh, sorry? I, I interrupted. So, so yeah. So, well, yeah, so the, the point I was going to make is, is that what what lent them interest, what what sort of provided some sort of narrative beyond the fact that they're just really good, which is not a narrative; it's just you know, boring, crushing fact. Is that they did keep failing. Your failure makes you interesting, um, and it's it, it's yeah. You see, again, I mean, you know, we we sort of see this with Messi that Messi's achievements at club level stopped being interesting quite a while ago. It's sort of, well, yeah, he's just consistently brilliant. We don't, you know, so what? It's the same thing keeps happening. In 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, we look back and say, look at his numbers, look at what he did every year, how amazing that was. But when you're in amongst it, it's just sort of, it's just too familiar to to get excited about. 
what what made Messi, you know, what, what, the, you know the greatest thing in, in Messi's career is the World Cup because he'd failed four times, um, and with Guardiola th- that that twelve year period of not winning it is what made him interesting. The fact that partly bad luck, partly his own decisions, but something kept on stopping him. And that, that sense of a, of, a, of a man with a quest keeping on being thwarted, whether by his own flaws, whether by by the fates, wow. made him fascinating. Now that's happened, now that he, he has won it, I mean, okay, so he wins it next year, perhaps, and, and then he's won four, he's leveled Ancelotti, then he wins it again, he's, nobody's ever won it that, that, that many times before. Is that interesting? I'm not. I'm not I mean, really sure it is. Yeah, he's like, he's do already. We not, a, do we not admire our winners as well as find losers? <laughs> do we do that? I mean, well, I, in, in retrospect, we probably will. But but yeah, you know, as it's happening, I think people will just be bored and frustrated. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. I mean, on that as well, Barney made a, a good point in his really good preview piece on Guardiola. In that, you know, as Guardiola complains about not getting the credit for five and six or whatever, or maybe eventually multiple Champions Leagues. Well, well, it's also because the entire context of the game has changed. And winning five and six now isn't the same as winning five and six in the 90s, where like, there is statistical, numerical proof that financial gaps weren't as big. And again, it's boring to reduce football to this, but this explains what happens in the pitch never more than ever. And particularly when we've got <laughs> state involvement. That, that's just the world. Now, even with the Champions League, I mean, one of the overriding feelings this season was that the field of potential winners has never been smaller. Mm. So once City basically, once that draw was made, it, it was always the perception that if they get past Madrid and Bayern, that, that that's a pretty much so. Now, it, it was an irony, I suppose, that Inter gave them their toughest game. But again, as we said, some of that felt like it maybe came down to that, that history. There were an element of playing themselves in the final, as, as brilliant as Inter were in narrowing the gap. And, ju- and that means, I suppose, the parameters of greatness have changed because if you get to a point where, and again, this should be acknowledged, you're good enough to get to one of the big clubs or one of the one of the increasingly narrow clubs that can see it at that level. To 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 win at that level doesn't mean what it used to, what it used to mean. Uh, like, it, well, it well, I mean, but when you say the, the parameters of greatness have changed, what more can he do at this point? Like, what, no, what I mean, more? Yeah, what I, more I, can I, Guardiola? I, I, do? No, but there's two separate discussions. I I don't. Think, I I think Guardiola. At the very least, has a very strong claim to be the greatest manager of all time. I think he's definitely the most influential. He's changed how football is played to a greater degree than anyone in history. Even, I mean, it's it's for for someone who was mocked for saying what is tackles in 2016. Well, now you you, you go to any park in England and everyone's playing it out from the back like John Stones. Mm. Um, well, also he's embraced the tackle. But, to be fair, he's got he's got a yes, bunch yeah, of yeah. bruisers in his team now. He's got four yeah, centre backs. Yeah, he's I basically mean, gone Jack Charlton style. Yeah, he's evolved. <laughs> he's evolved. But, but, that, but that's I mean that's wonderful. But then the separate discussion is the actual how how much we should laud what he's done at City when re- really he's he's maximised a situation that has been probably been closer to perfection for any single manager. Than we've ever seen, because again, the, the entire club was built for him. It was built in his image, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a the sort of the, the oddity of City, or the kind of um, there there hasn't been something like this before, really, um, that I can that I can think of in the sense of a club which has got the resources of a big club, but is not a big club. Like, uh, and the sense in which I mean it's not a big club before um, City fans uh, go crazy because obviously they've won the trophies of that. They don't have this swirl of uh, egos uh, 
uh, around, around, they don't have, like, say what Guardiola had at Bayern, where you've got all of these, like, boomer legends who want to stick their oar in, right? You know, or uh, he sacked the doctor, and that was basically, how can you do that to our, to our friend? He has, like, Matthias and Effenberg, every time something goes wrong in a match, are saying this whole, this is a disgrace. You know what I mean? At Barcelona, like, he was burned out by it. You know, Fer- Ferguson was saying, why, why would you want to leave there? He, he couldn't actually handle the... Uh, the the sort of insanity surrounding the massive circus that is Barcelona, like it drove him mad. City, there isn't any of that. City, what's the what's the swirl around City? It's Noel Gallagher, it's Michael Richards, it's <laughs> it's Jolene Lescott, Erling Haaland star. But that's it. No, but that's it. It's it's. He, but he's got the resources of he's got he's got more money than Real Madrid, but he doesn't have to put up with. In, in insane people, legends everywhere. It's just like uh, it's it's a perfectly kind of a pastoral place. It's a small club that with the resources of a giant. The, the proof of this was the the FA Cup final when yeah, who came out to greet the teams? Fergie Alex Ferguson and, and Summerby. Alex Alex Ferguson, who's won two Champions Leagues as a manager, won thirteen Premier Premier League titles. Yeah, won the cup, won his cup with Aberdeen, and Mike Summerby, who's most famous for going drinking with George Best. I mean, yeah, that's that's the difference in level. Mm. So, yeah, you, you, maybe and, people, and, and, people say that's Guardiola. He can't do it. He can't do it at a small club. Maybe he. Maybe the, the actually they should be saying, "Can you do it at a big club, mate?" <laughs> but, but I think that's why the City project leaves so many people feeling slightly cold. I mean, irrespective of of all the you know, geopolitical stuff and everything, there's a sense of it, of of this sort of being. There are no rough edges. It, 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 it's this sort of. Um, it's it's almost like it's not quite a real club. It's it, it's sort of being being created artificially. Uh, obviously, it's not a, not quite a tabula rasa, but even that stadium was just given to them by the, by the government after the Commonwealth Games. Um, it, it it it's sort of suddenly been implanted, uh, and you know, it, it was clearly being uh, run on his lines even before he got there. Uh, to, yeah, to, partly to entice him, and, and partly I'm sure he had some involvement in that. So, yeah, the, 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 there is no sense of of of, um, of struggle or strain, and and then the players he's brought in, you know, he, he hasn't made the mistake of bringing in Ibrahimovic as he did at Barcelona, and he hasn't brought in any massive ego. And every time somebody does perhaps start to get slightly uppity, as say Jack Ancelo did, or you know, as we hear he did. They're, they're bombed out straight away because Guardiola's got the power. There's not a director there saying, well, hang on, didn't we just pay 40 million to him? And is, aren't we paying him X, Y, and Z? And won't we lose this if he goes? None of that's a concern for him. He, he, he has total authority. Yeah. Um, just uh, another another question that arises. Um, De Bruyne obviously went off. Uh, I felt very sorry for him. This keeps happening to him in the Champions League final. Um, he had to go off. And I saw an interview after the game where he said, yeah, he said he'd been struggling with the hamstring um, problem for about two months. It's been very difficult for him. Uh, and then it just snapped. I thought, what? Like, that was his self-diagnosis after the game. I, I, I think it it sounded like it, it couldn't have just, it couldn't be like a third degree, like a snapped hamstring, because he wouldn't have been able to play on for a couple of minutes if if that had happened. But obviously something went wrong and has been going wrong physically for him in the last couple of months. He's their, probably their best player. I mean, they've got a few candidates um, Bernardo Silva, it's too early to talk about my future. After I just want to enjoy the moment. This is what he was saying. You know, every summer he he asks to leave. He hasn't been able to do so. He's a, he's an incredible player. Ilkay Gundogan is at is at a contract. 
um, you know, was kind of embracing the fans in a way. Does this mean he's he's going to go? People have been talking about maybe him joining Barcelona. Even Arsenal have been have been onto him. Apparently, he might go now. Okay, so what I'm leading towards here is these guys are not easy to replace. It's not as though De Bruyne has to be replaced yet, but maybe we're getting to a point where you can't expect him to do what he's done this season again. You know, it, it, eventually everybody uh, runs out of gas. Bernardo, I, I, I don't know of a replacement for him that they could sign. Uh, Gundogan has been outstanding, you know, in, in key moments, uh, understands everything Guardiola wants, is again not easy to replace. Uh, do you see uh, problems uh, in the sense of we, we all expect the team to kind of just continue cruising the way that it has, but surely any team uh, will struggle. Uh, they haven't lost these players yet, but, you know, to to, uh, to replace players like that. Well, possibly, but I mean, if you have as much money as they have, it's it makes things a lot easier. Uh, you know, all, all clubs have to cope with churn. You know, you look at, say, I mean, you know, obviously a much lower financial level, you look at Brighton, their whole policy is sell two or three or some replace and they've been exceptionally good at that. But the thing for Brighton is if they make a mistake with with one, it, it knocks the whole financial future of, of, of that model out of kilter. City can afford mistakes. So I, I, mean, I think the assumption must be that Gundogan's going. But they already have Calvin Phillips there, who, I mean, he, he's barely played. Calvin Phillips. Been... Calvin Phillips is not is, is now Gundogan. Like. Well, he's a different sort of player. He's still a player they spent, what, £60 million on last summer? So they they've got a sixty million reserve sitting there. He can come into a to a similar position. I think I think yeah, he was he, he, I think he was only forty two million just for but uh but okay yeah. for, for, forty two million still a chunk. Of... Yeah, ben Bellingham was probably the biggest defeat in the past four months that they lost him to Madrid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean he he would have been perfect for so much of that. But again, again, as Jonathan said, I mean this is a club. I mean the way they, they the way they work, uh, and it is quite Brighton like, but at, at, at a maximum level you can get. I mean, they've been thinking about this for the last 18 months. The plans would have been made 18 months ago. All these success, okay, there will be um, variables that change things, but they've got a, a, a long list to work to work at. And one of the things they've been very good at, again, because we we, we return to uh, the phrase best in class, but they've been very good, I suppose, at getting us. I mean, this is one of the, it always informs this debate about, oh, actually, City haven't spent that much, although they did spend an awful lot from 2015, 2017, First, construct this squad for for Guardiola, but from there and within the necessary constraints of financial fair play, they have been very good at getting that kind of strand of player from about twenty to twenty three years old, and get just before they kind of come to a, a prime and getting them for for a relatively low price. I mean, Alvarez yeah. being the biggest example of that. In fact, I think as you said to us in the night, Ken, had Alvarez been in the Inter team, he would have been, been the best a, player, and it might have been a closer game than it was. Guys, just some news coming into us as we record this, that Silvio Berlusconi has died aged 86, um, obviously known for a lot of things, Silvio Berlusconi, and the football world, in the football world was his ownership of AC Milan. I mean, I was going to ask, was his yeah. AC Milan project an early forerunner of sports oh. washing in a, in a way? It's a, uh, yeah. Go on, yeah. Well, well, my first piece of The Independent was about exactly this. Uh, the most influential event in modern football well, one of the most influential matches was 1987. It wasn't a Berlusconi team. It was Real Madrid, Napoli. He couldn't believe that Maradona's Napoli, or one of Maradona's Napoli or Madrid would go out so early. And that was the genesis of the modern Champions League. Yeah, and what he did with Milan as well. You know, Milan, when he took them over, were, were sort of shambles of a club. 
but they've been relegated because of match fixing in what, 79, I think. Uh, which is, you know, if you look back at the footage of what happened that final, I mean, there was sort of literally people being arrested during the final game of the season. And then you know, they, they came back up but didn't have any money, got relegated again just because they weren't very good. And that was when Berlusconi came in. And so his his big gamble that, that he staked everything on was appointing Arrigo Saki, who at the time was you know, a little-known coach of Parma, who in Serie B, he never coached in Serie A. Parma beat them in the, in the Coppa Italia. I think they I think they played them four times that season because of the way they had a group stage and then a, a, a knockout stage, and I, I think Milan failed to win any of those four games. And Berlusconi sort of said, "Yeah, we'll we'll go for this guy," and I think he saw in Saki somebody a bit like himself as a sort of outsider, somebody from uh, not part of the establishment who who had um, uh, some very innovative, disruptive ideas. And, and that appointment is one of the greatest appointments in in world football history. And yeah, Saki's Milan. Yeah, winning the European Cup in 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 eighty nine and ninety, remain you know one of the great teams of all time, one of the great references. Uh, so yeah, he he absolutely, he, I mean, he was brilliant for Milan, but he then used that to 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 propel himself into politics and um, yeah, sports yeah, watching. Famous... I, I, I don't know. Is sports watching uh, maybe a little bit of a tenuous link there, just given. What we've been talking about. But certainly he's somebody the naked political ends. Yeah, he's somebody who absolutely understood the power of football uh, more than more than many others. And what and again there's that famous that famous image so. before Italy went to the World Cup in ninety four when Saki became national manager and they all went to see by then Prime Minister Berlusconi to to to, to bid them farewell. And there's that mm-hmm. sort of the famous picture of the hug between Berlusconi and Saki of you know two men who made each other in a way. All right, guys, we'll leave it at that. Listen, thanks so much for all your contributions this season. Great stuff. Cheers, thanks. I accept your challenge. I call out Ricky Roy and Steve Nash. Here we go. Stop it. That's one of those things. Stop it. How many players can do this? Duffman can never die. He's 34 years old. It's one of those things. Duffman can never die. Only the actors who play him. No, he did. No, he did. Do you think Robbie Keane just said, you know what? Any questions about me being the MVP of this league? I think he just said right there. Oh, yeah. He's got more of a tandem, maybe. Manchester City fans might bristle at your small club comment during that piece, Ken. But you have a point about ex players. Well, certainly celebrity hangers on. I don't think Pep will be happy until he lands the big one. He went to visit Man United. He, she didn't come to see us. So that's why this is, even if even I win the Champions League, will not be compared for the fact that Julia Roberts come to Manchester, they don't come to see us. So there you go. <laughs> Tell Julia Roberts. No, she has, she has. She has since. Gone no, she, she, no, well, she, she Instagrammed him. Well done, Pep. From a soccer, uh, so, hashtag soccer mom. Uh, on winning the UCL and a picture of Guardiola wow. kissing him. Yeah, so. I did not know that. That's yeah, hilarious. no, she's 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 been in touch. So it's that's a touch of class. That's yeah. a touch of class from Robert. Yeah, no, it's it's just like I mean, Noel Gallagher is everywhere again. You know, it's like come on, seriously. Like I mean, Noel Gallagher is he, he's fine, but like is they've got to they've got to get some more people involved, right? Yes. It's, it creates the impression that 
<laughs> you know, you know, come on. Well, Rio, mean, Rio's basically a Man City fan. Now. Well, in fairness, he is he's trying to trying to board that bandwagon. Texan Pep. There was the, the whole thing with was it Brandon Brandon uh, Williams, yeah. Bra- Brandon Williams had seemed to go on a bit of a, a rampage. Uh, what, what exactly? The phrase was sloppy seconds. Nobody wants mm. sloppy seconds or something. Yeah. What was it? Sorry, I don't understand the Brandon Williams bit. Uh, he, as a Manchester United f- uh, player, but also tweet- fan, yeah, was tweeting about City doing the treble. Obviously, oh, yeah. that, uh, this being the sloppy seconds, it's oh, yeah, the second yeah, yeah, club yeah. to do it. Uh, and then he also, um, he also was included in all that was him slagging off Rio for like being a Man City fan. Yeah. There. A, a, a turncoat, you know, Rio is is trying to, but like. I saw I saw Aguero actually in the in the media center um, going around. He was he was shilling for like stake dot com or something. I, I think according to some of his social media posts, yeah. obviously he was getting involved. He's he likes he's had to, a, he's had unbelievable six months. Yeah, he, World he, Cup and the Champions League as a as a content creator. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is actually he seems happier than he did. Often as a, as a player, he seemed weighed down by the expectation. But as a content creator, he's doing great. Um, but like it it is. I do think that's one of the things that, that Pep likes about it. It's like, I, I do things and no one really, I don't have like some, you know, it's not like they're going to have David White going, you know, <laughs> what Pep's done is a disgrace to the traditions of this club. Now, it, it helps it to be super successful, but he was successful at Bayern, you know, in the same way mm. for three, you know, winning the league every season. Um, everyone was whinging. You yeah. know, oh, we don't do things that, that way. This guy thinks, this guy thinks he's teaching us how to play football. You know, yeah. we know, we know, but it's at City. Everyone's he, he, just so he grateful. He doesn't have his assistant manager coming in and goes, oh, well, boss, it's better you hear it from me, but Dick Off's been on again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you won't believe what Dick Off's had to yeah. say on BT. You know, but who, who would it be? Like, I mean, the Shea Given, Shea Given's gone back to being a Newcastle legend now because Saudi are, are kind of, have kind yeah. of made that more more of a, you know. He's a City legend as well. He was on the, on the RTE panel during the week. He's going to be forced to choose... And I think he will. He'll. It'll be Newcastle. I mean, he's he's more of a. He's a a beloved figure at Newcastle. Shea Given is more of a Newcastle legend than than a City legend. His City career was. He he got injured and it sort of didn't quite uh, didn't quite take off in the way he he'd hoped. He was at Newcastle a lot longer. So they so they don't have Shea Given. So who who do they have? Lenny Uh, Kravitz. No, he's he's PSG. Although I suppose I wouldn't be surprised if he was to try. I mean, so it's. There's just not that many people now. I guess that will change, you know, because you'll you'll have uh, maybe De Bruyne will become like the skulls of Manchester City. <clears throat> you know, every every Man United manager has had has had all these guys like skulls. He's sitting there going, boring. <laughs> you know, just skulls scored a great goal in the soccer right, but did he? Yeah, outside the right bit. Negative football. Didn't didn't shank this one like he did the one against Barcelona. Ooh. Hey, he's the one who said that on. To, to me, it looked like a good shot, but Skulls himself said, no, Shank did. <laughs> so, okay, I'll take, his, I'll take his word for that. Stop talking on, in the social media. Start playing. Ken, yep. you're yep. on the road again this week to Athens. going to be another big week. Coverage. Why didn't I just stay over there? I know you were saying this in, in, in the office last week. Mm. A little uh, oh, yeah. a, hide, uh, a hike with your donkey from Istanbul through the Balkans to Greece. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, you know, down the... Uh, down the other way, might have dropped in on the, the Ireland team in Antalya, of course, and gone yeah. to have a look at Roman Abramovich's yacht, which is apparently parked there. Could have gone island hopping. Uh, God, there were so many options. The worst of which was definitely not sleeping on Saturday night. Flying across to Europe only to make the same flight. muggy Dublin for 48 hours and then. But listen, Ken, you live and learn.
coverage of the Ireland game during the week for World Service members only. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Owen, and thank you, Ken. Thank you, Owen, and thank you, Thanks Kira. so much for listening. Don't forget to sign up to the World Service or have a think yeah. about it at least. Yeah. Go on to secondcaptains.com. The Second Captains podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. And if you sign up, you'll hear all episodes without any ads. Uh, don't worry. Like our club is just money. We're going to spend a lot, a lot of money in the next season as well. So maybe one billion or something like that. <laughs> don't worry. It's the second time it's gone off. They never got home, they never got home, they never got home, those, those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports is important. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.